Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count, back with episode lucky number 13 of the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. So before we do anything else, let's do our three deep breaths. Take a deep breath in. And another one, let it fill your whole body. Take a deep breath. And exhale. And one more time. And let it out. Good job. So we do these three deep breaths at the beginning of every episode now. One to ground myself, but also to show you how simple how easy it is to take a beat, take a breath, connect with your body, and completely change your state of being. And that is your point of power right there. I am modeling it for you at the beginning of all of these episodes. So we just take a deep breath in, we let it out, you connect with your body, and you have instantly changed you have instantly stepped into your power, your place where you can create healing and transformation. So all of these podcasts are based on original content that I create that is, you know, stream of consciousness I am speaking um, or books I have written or coaching programs I've developed, speeches I have given. It's all original content based on healing and transforming my own pain, shame and drama around my body and my weight. The perspective comes from that, as well as my experience as an actress and a Pilates instructor. So acting and Pilates were the two big keys that helped me um, in my own personal journey for different reasons that I can get into in more detail in, in future podcasts. I've alluded to it a little bit in previous ones. But that is the perspective from which this comes. And it is a perspective. It is a framework that will completely heal and transform all of your pain, shame, drama, and anxiety around your body and your weight. It will help you create a body and a life you love. That is not to say it is the only way, but it is definitely a path if you choose to follow that. And one of the great things about Happy Calories Don't Count is that it is a framework. It is a framework that you apply to you, to your particular situation. You don't try to fit yourself into some kind of diet. You use the framework, the principles, and you apply that to your situation in this current moment. And then in the next moment in time and space when your situation changes, that's okay because then you take the principles and you apply them to the next situation. So without further ado, I am going to just give you the five steps of the Happy Calories Don't Count method. I did it in a previous episode, I think episode number four or five. I don't really remember at this point. Um, but I do want to continue the conversation that we were having in the last episode about constructing reality, controlling reality, creating reality. And so before I get into that, I just want to give you the five steps to get it out of the way 
so that then when I'm having this other discussion, uh, you can see how it you can see how the method applies. All right, so the first step is embrace a model of alignment, and all that means is get out of diet drama land. Seriously, get out of diet drama land. And so for those of you who are new, diet drama land is the place that I refer to. It's an emotional, spiritual, psychological place where you quote unquote live when you are engaged in looking through the world at the world through the lens of the diet and exercise model. And the diet and exercise model is woven into every conversation, into every assumption, into every soundbite, into every image that exists in our culture. It's literally like living in the matrix. And in the diet and exercise model, they say that you can control your body by controlling what you eat and what you do for exercise. It's that basic calories in, exercise out, Calories are a currency of exchange. You have to pay a price to eat. That price is exercise or weight gain. You eat the right food. You eat good food. You eat less food. You lose weight. You eat the wrong food. You eat bad food. You eat, um, you know, too much food. You're going to gain weight. You gain weight when you stop exercising. You start exercising and you lose weight. All of the pain, shame, and drama that you experience regarding your body and your weight comes out of that core model because in that model, you have to quote unquote disconnect. Well, no, you have to disconnect from your body to quote unquote be successful. That's how you, oh, that's why it creates all of that drama. You have to disconnect from your body. You have to override your body's natural instincts and, impulse, and impulses because you are looking to an external source, an external authority to tell you what to do rather than relying on the wisdom and guidance guidance of your body. So step one of the happy calories perspective is to give all of that up. And as I keep talking and um, speaking about is is this you don't even realize that you're in the matrix. So that's why one of the reasons it's so hard to give it up. The other reason that it is hard to give up is that our minds abhor a vacuum. So if I don't give you something else to think about, instead of the diet and exercise model, that there's a vacuum and then it's just gonna get filled with the diet and exercise model. So step one is the alternative to the diet and exercise model. It's called embrace a model of alignment. That's what you think about about instead of diet and exercise. Now, there is a pictorial um, illustration of this model all over the internet on my YouTube channel. In my second book, Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, it's all over the place. You can look for it if you want to. Um, it makes no sense to try to discuss it in those terms in a podcast format because you can't see what I'm visually um, referencing. So to su suffice it to say that in a podcast format and it's the essence of it anyway. Reconcile yourself. You know, you're, you, you need to become one with yourself rather than being at odds with yourself. Your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, emotions, actions, they all have to be in harmony. They all have to be congruent. They all have to be in alignment. And then, yay, you think about that rather than the diet and exercise model. That is step one. Step two is to connect with your body. It's a very simple thing to do. It's a very powerful thing to do. I just demonstrated with these three deep breaths how quickly and easily you can do that. Now, what's difficult about connecting with your body, it's really hard to do that within the context of diet drama land because diet drama land is constantly trying to get you to override your body's instincts. So that's why step one comes before step two. You have to get out of diet drama land and then you have the freedom and the space and the grace to be able to connect with your body, with your body which is where all of the answers lie. 
all the wisdom, all the intelligence to your body knows how to create an optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. It is always guiding you in that direction. And the problem is we just don't listen to our body. We listen to the latest hack on Dr. Oz. So, you know, tune all of that stuff out, connect with your body. Step three is to enjoy your food. Because why wouldn't you enjoy your food? You only wouldn't enjoy your food if you thought you had to pay a price for it. You know, if you thought it, if it was going to come back to haunt you, if you thought that you had to burn it off through exercise or else it was going to, you know, add some, some weight to your thighs, uh, that's why you wouldn't enjoy your food. Or you might not enjoy your food if it was something you legitimately didn't like eating, but you were eating it because you were on some sort of diet. Well, you know, hello, no diets and happy calories world. And then step four is to exercise daily to connect with and tune your body. Now, this is not a backdoor into the diet and exercise model. The diet and exercise model is a transaction-based model. Exercise is a penalty. Exercise is a punishment. Exercise is the price you have to pay to eat in that model. Happy calories don't count is a relationship-based model, the primary relationship be being between you and your body. So in this relationship-based model, daily exercise is like a date with your body. It is where you get to spend time with your body. It's where you get to learn what it feels like to be in your body. It's where you get to practice being embodied. And when you are embodied, you know what to eat, how much to eat, and when to eat. It's all awesome. It's super great. And then step five is to clear the channel. And that's another reference to the visual illustration that makes no sense in a podcast format. But essentially, step five is where you learn to use all of those personal growth skills that you've been learning, those personal development skills, those spiritual skills, the communication skills, to deal with life in such a way that you can handle life's challenges without those challenges in making an impact be on the relationship between you and your body. It's kind of like when you go to work and you have a really bad day at work, when you get done with work, hopefully if you are an evolved person or you're working on your, your personal development and all of that, you know that if you've got a lot of anger or you've got a lot of anxiety or you're just uptight, you need to go do something. You know, you need to, you know, listen to loud music and bang your head on the way home or take some deep breaths or stop at the park or stop at the grocery store and get your kids some ice cream or something like that to change your energy, to change your state so that then when you go home, you're not taking that negative energy from your bad day home and then taking it out on your family. Because anybody with any kind of relationship experience knows that that is not going to create a happy home life, right? So you use these skills so that your bad day at work is not going to interfere with your relationship with your family. You use the life skills so that life and the challenges that life brings you, you know, on a day to day basis does not interfere with the relationship you have with your body. So those are the five steps, my friends. That's pretty much 
all you need to know. Uh, the, the steps are a framework. You apply the steps. You do them all the time. It's not step one is over, and then I do step two, and then I finish step two, and I'm done with step two, and then I move on to step three. It's not like that. You're doing all five steps all the time. This is a framework. It's a model. It's a perspective, a lens through which you view the world and view situations, view yourself, view your body, and it will con- completely transform your experience of yourself, of your body, of life in general. So I don't spend a lot of time on the five steps because the five steps are the five steps. The five steps are never going to change. And they're super easy, barely an inconvenience. They're so simple. The hard part, the hard part is getting out of diet drama land. So that's where I spend the bulk of these podcasts is we'll have these conversations about how to get out of diet drama land or else you're, you don't even recognize that you're thinking in those terms. Um, and then I'll, I'll have other little conversations or monologues as it would be, where I'll discuss, you know, what it's really like to cultivate that relationship with your body, because that that is where all the land, all all the true freedom and and peace and joy and creating a body and life you love um, originates. So I I always speak about how like here I am, hey, it's me, Carmela. Happy calories don't count. Food is not a four letter word. This is the place where we're gonna ditch that diet trauma. Yay! You know we're gonna banish that body shame because you know I like alliteration. Uh, and, and you know um, what was the other thing? Something about skyrocket your self esteem or self worth or you know again alliteration. I like it. Um, all of those things that I claim that happen, the ditching, the finding freedom from food, the feeling at peace, all of that stuff, that comes from getting out of diet drama land. The creating a body and life you love peace comes from cultivating, curating, really engaging in relationship with your body. That's where that piece um, develops. So now I want to get back to this piece about creating, controlling, constructing reality. So I was musing, you know, after I recorded the the last episode, and I made a big distinction between constructing reality, which is something that the current tech age is doing. It is constructing a reality that is not really real. It is offering up information, offering up search results, offering up blog posts, even news media headlines, um, uh, anything search results body related, any of that stuff based on your browsing history, based on your interactions on social media, um, based on any bit of data that it can gather around, gather about you, and it is using an algorithm which has no feeling, has no soul, has no ability to think contextually, to spit back information um, through everything that's out there in the entire world. It's curating things, curating articles, curating headlines based on what this algorithm believes is true about you that isn't necessarily true. So you're getting a feedback from a reality that is not truth. It does not exist. The world is so much bigger, so much broader, so many more perspectives than what you are getting back at you from 
the news, from social media, from your internet searches, from all of that. It's curated, and that's one of the reasons that you get stuck in diet drama land. It is a constructed reality that is not real. Then we talked about the idea of creating your reality using different spiritual tools. Um, Some people like to call it the law of attraction and the difference between like magical um, wish fulfillment approaches and how a a real life example of this is how you actually create your reality using these, these psychological and spiritual principles. This is how reality is actually created. I also alluded to a rabbit hole you could go down to from a scientific perspective. Um, I think his name is Donald Eagleman or David Eagleman, um, a medical doctor who um, talks about how your eyes don't even really see. It is your brain that is actually constructing reality. And, you know, for the purposes of healing and transforming pain, shame, and drama around your body and your weight, all of that stuff is is just going to be extra noise, um, stuff we don't need to know. It's, it's fun to know if you're interested in it, but it's not going to do anything to help you heal and transform the relationship you have with your body. So I just let that stuff go. Um, but then I also talked about this idea how a lot of people get stuck in the personal development space and the spiritual space um, get stuck in this idea of controlling reality. And, and there's a lot of these, these law of attraction teachers, the um, implication of, of what they teach, whether they, whether they intentionally market this way to um, push pain buttons, to sell products, and they're actually being slimy snake oil salesmen, or whether whether they just legitimately don't really understand how it works either, and they're just kind of doing a new spin on something they've been taught. You know, who knows? Um, but the idea that that you can control your reality, and so there, I see a lot of a lot of pain get generated around this idea that you can control your reality especially in that law of attraction space. And if you think about it, that's why we do all this stuff in the first place, right? Um, we, and especially if you, especially if you come from a history of trauma, um, whether it's childhood trauma, adolescent trauma, and it doesn't even really matter the degree or how somebody else would measure, oh, this person was, you know, abused in this way. Oh, this person just had a violent experience one time or, you know, none of that stuff matters. What matters is that when the brain perceives trauma, when a person experiences emotional, psychological trauma, you know, things things get activated. Your brain has to do things to be able to cope. You um, develop certain traits or characteristics to just help you cope. It's, you know, a good skill to have. It's something that's protecting you in the moment. And then later on in life, that might not be quite so useful. But we come to this because we want to control something. We want the, the diet and exercise model says we can control our body. We can control our body. We can control our our weight. We just eat less, move more. We just do the right diet or the right exercise program and we'll be able to control our body. We'll be able to look like that cover model, you know? And I keep saying over and over again that there's this fallacy that yes, you are responsible for what you eat and you are responsible for what you do for exercise. But the fact that you are responsible for what you eat and what you do for exercise does not mean that you can therefore control your body through diet and exercise. 
that's a fallacy. However, that is the entire fallacy upon which this entire diet and exercise model is built and then our entire society is built upon this model. So it's kind of a big deal, right? And so this idea that, okay, I'm, I want to control my body, you know, because the diet and exercise model says that I can do that. I want to lose weight. I want to look good. I want to feel good about myself. I want the body that I want because I think having it will make me happy. You know, that's another thing we've talked about. Well, why do you really want this body? Why do you want to control your reality, whether it is controlling in our specific wheelhouse the body that you want or in other areas that I hear a lot of law of attraction conversations um, develop around, you know, your, your soulmate or, you know, manifesting the lottery or, you know, financial abundance or your dream job or that vacation home or whatever it is. You want what you want because you think you're having it will make you happy. That's that's an inherent desire, that this, this idea that we're motivated and driven by the desire for happiness. And from my observations and my personal take is I think that control, it, it goes a little st- it goes a, a step deeper when it comes to control because, you know, creating reality, who that sounds fun. You know, that sounds like, oh, yay, we're going to do this and, you know, see what happens. And it's a big adventure. And it's kind of, hey, it's kind of like being an, an actress on a stage. And it's like, oh, we're going to go play. That's why actresses and actors in, in stage plays are called players. You know, we're going to go play. It's going to have, it, we're going to have fun. Um, we're creating this reality. When it comes to this thing of controlling reality, controlling we want to control reality because we want to be able to control the outcome because we want to know we're going to be okay it's like that 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 energy around the control i think comes you know from the the trauma the childhood trauma or just growing up in in the current cultural climate you know any of the stuff the the idea to control something comes from the need that the need to control something comes is coming out of fear and it's coming out of pain. And you know like a course in miracles says there's only two states love and fear. And even Winston Churchill, you know there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And so when we're motivated by fear, you know, it just it just messes up a whole lot of stuff. When you're motivated by fear and you go on a diet and exercise program, it's a disaster, right? If you're motivated by fear um, and you get into an argument with your loved one, you know, it, it just it it the the there's miscommunication, there are accusations. It's just a big nasty mess. So this place of fear, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. And so um, when you are acting out of fear, only just bad things happen. You know, just and you can apply this to any old situation you want to. Um, so that idea of controlling the outcome, of controlling reality, of controlling your body, and that's something that a lot of the law of attraction teachers will will um, imply is a possibility. And then what happens is you get into this this place of, you know, you you are the master of the universe, right? You can control control the outcome, control everything because you're just going to think your thought or you're going to do your dream board or you're going to do your affirmation or whatever, and you're going to control this outcome. Um it's they call it manifesting. You know, it's like you're really going to manifest this thing, but 
you're controlling the creation of this thing through a thing called manifestation. Let's call a spade a spade. It's the idea that you want you want to exert your will. You want what you want to become manifest within your reality. And so what happens is that when the when you use these spiritual principles coming from the perspective that you have all the power in the world, then if anything wrong any if anything bad happens, if anything goes wrong, it's your fault. You were the bad person. You made it happen. You didn't think the right thought. You didn't have the right vibration. You didn't do whatever right, which then just, you know, then makes you feel bad. And then, oh my goodness, your vibrations are low because you feel bad. So then you're going to start attracting more bad things into this thing. So this perspective of teaching law of attraction or any of these spiritual principles from a place of controlling reality not only does not work, but it also gives you a big head trip and just makes you um more more in more pain and more more confused than ever. And so I wanted to bring this to your attention as a follow-up in this episode because I understand why why we go down these rabbit holes. We go down these rabbit holes because we are in pain. We are in fear or we are in pain. And if we think we can control the situation and get the outcome that we think we want, then the fear and the pain will stop. That's why we do that. Um, But the truth of the matter is, is that the universe does not work that way. How the universe works, and again, I don't claim to know the mysteries. I don't claim, claim to be channeling any higher power. This is just PhD level school of hard knocks experience. I can speak these truths and I can call you out on certain mindsets because I've fallen into these traps myself and I've coached other clients out of them and around them and I've seen it happen with other people. That's that's why I know this to be true. Um, so what happens is the, the true spiritual principle is take a breath, three deep breaths. Instantly, you have changed your energy. Instantly, right now, right now is where your point of power is right now. If you were feeling bad about your body and you were freaking out and you have this ugh moment where you like put on a pair of jeans and suddenly they don't fit and oh my goodness, I need to go on that diet. Well, that's not going to change anything right now. And even if you choose to go on that diet, that's not going to change your body right now. Um, And you're going to do if you've been around the block enough that even doing a diet is distasteful to you, then you're going to do an unhappy thing to try to create a happy outcome. And that's just not going to work. But even if you did do it and get a modicum of success um, for that initial period of time, that's still going to be a period of time. That's not going to help you right now. The only thing that can help you right now is to claim your power right now. Take a beat take a breath, think a happy thought, change your energy, and feel better right now, that changes everything. Because right now, when you're feeling better, just like I was alluding to in that previous episode, suddenly new opportunities emerge. 
suddenly you have you're not operating out of fear anymore you can calm down and you can take the time you have the space and the grace to look at the situation from different perspectives and then when you're looking at things from different perspectives then a new world of opportunities open and then you can take a choice make a choice and take an action that comes from your highest and best good so that is how these spiritual principles play out. So these things in law of attraction land, these things in the metaphysical world, things like affirmations, things like your dream boards, things like um, scripting, creating your day, the pivoting, um, all, all of those things that they teach you how to do, when they're coming at it from that magical wish fulfillment perspective, they're, they're essentially teaching you that these are magic tools. And if you do this thing, it's like open sesame, and then you're going to get your results. So you write your magic ma- affirmation or you make your dream board. And it's the action of the dream board or the affirmation or the scripting or whatever that is magical. You're going to have this magical spell, this magical incantation or whatever that then is going to change your reality. That is not true. That is a fallacy. That is an untruth. That is just going to create pain, shame, and drama. The power of these tools, how they really work, is to help you feel better and help you feel better in the present moment. So if you are freaking out, you know, then what do you do? You say an affirmation to help you feel better. You work on your vision board. You do your scripting. All of those tools that they teach you in uh, metaphysics, law of attraction, spirituality, all of those stuff, those are tools you use to help you reconcile yourself. Those are tools you use to help yourself bring yourself into a state of alignment with yourself so that your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions are in harmony, so that you are congruent, so that you are reconciled, so that you are in alignment. That's how you use those tools, which brings us to the topic of affirmations, and mirror work, maybe, maybe mirror work, maybe that'll be a different episode. I don't know. Um, So affirmations are not magic incantations. And so if you are in a place, you know, a personal development space in your own life where you're exploring affirmations and you make the mistake of mentioning this to one of your friends or colleagues or whatever who is not on the personal development path and you speak about affirmations, how they are often taught, then that person is going to think that you're an idiot because, I mean, come on, magic doesn't exist. People, what are you thinking? You know, I am a slim size six. I am beautiful. I'm going to... uh, um, there's that trope, um, someone looking in the mirror, uh, I'm, you're okay, I'm okay, you're okay, and everybody likes you or everybody likes me, whatever it is from that movie, or maybe it was an SNL skit, I don't remember. But um, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. You know, and it's it's coming from that law. It's coming from diet drama land perspective. It's coming from that magical wish fulfillment 
perspective that I'm saying a magic magic incantation like I you know I I am abundant and I I I am manifest I manifest the lottery or I have ma- and then they are going to teach you all these rules right like the rule is that you have to say it in the present tense as if it's already happened and they want you to be really really specific about it in detail about it and really be able to put your emotional energy behind it and really envision it and manifest it and make it real and all of this stuff with the idea that those actions are magical. Now, what happens is if you do all of those things and it changes you, then there is magic. That's a miracle. That is the power. The power of all of that stuff is that it changes you you. But oftentimes what'll happen, and I see this over and over again with Louise Hay's work, and I, I I keep saying I love me my Louise Hay. Um, she, I wrote her a letter. She wrote me back. She is the real deal. I love the woman. Um, I cannot say enough good things about the woman. And I am at odds with her affirmations and her mirror work. Um, and that is because uh, if you go, if you look at the deeper mindset, and I've even heard Marianne speak about this on on the lecture she used to speak, like they're using the idea of of using affirmations to reprogram the subconscious mind. You know, so we're going to say these things, and we're just going to reprogram our mindset. And I'm like, I call BS on that because if you're in this space of you want you want control over life you know because because you're in you're in fear you're in pain and you want control but then you're somehow going to reprogram your unconscious there's there's so many contradictions in there that it just does not sit well you don't want to trick yourself you don't want to trick your body and there's an inherent there's an inherent wisdom in that and that's why myself personally and a lot of people I know that I have coached through this have had a lot of um, problems and a lot of resistance and a lot of pain and drama around Louise Hayes mirror Louise Hayes mirror work and around the idea of affirmations because they're using it as this magical thing to reprogram you. So they're saying I I am loved and I am abundant and I even read one affirmation um, a couple of episodes ago about how. You could, from the words, I could see that Louise Hay was stuck in diet drama land. It was something about like, I am the only one making decisions about what I eat. I can choose to resist something if I can resist anything I choose or something. And and it was like, it, yeah, that's diet drama land. In diet drama land, you have to resist. In happy calories world, there is no resistance because if something would be bad for you, you would not even be inspired to eat it in the first place. And so you don't feel deprived. You don't even have an impulse to eat it. You don't need to resist anything. So this idea of trying to trick your body and that that comes up in diet drama land, it's going to come up during the holidays, you know, because people are going to try to avoid those those holiday pounds. You know, first it was it, first it was the holiday pounds, then it was the covid pounds, and now we're going to go back to the holiday pounds plus covid, I guess. Um But, you know, if if people start socializing again, it's going to be, you know, grab that small plate as you go through the buffet line or eat a big salad before you go to that party and all of those tired, 
rehashed tips and tricks designed to trick your body into thinking that it's full, to override your your body's basic desires and instincts, to fit you into a model, a transaction-based model, to to have you listen to external sources of authority rather rather than the wisdom and guidance of your own body. And that's essentially what they're doing with these affirmations and this mirror work. Now, how affirmations are actually very powerful and how affirmations can actually truly transform your life is to use them thoughtfully and use them in a way that you believe so that you are not tricking yourself. So if you are someone uh, that hates your body, I, and I and I keep saying, well, I don't keep saying, I said it a few times because now, now I'm off in this, the metaphysics and spirituality of everything. But in the earlier episodes when it was you know, like the body love, body positivity, all of that stuff, um, and I will continue to say, I am never going to tell you that you need to love your body. You don't even need to like your body. It would be very, very helpful if you developed a relationship with your body and a good relationship starts with communication and it starts with respect. And so you you can hate your body. You can you can hate your body. You can be in that space where you hate your body. And then, you know, some Louise Hay affirmation is going to come along and say, "I am lovable and I love my body just the way I am." And that your inner self your authentic inner self is going to scream at that because you know that's not true and you know it's just trying to trick you and you know that that's not right. What you can do is you can say, you know what, I really hate my body. I hate the roles. I hate how I feel like it's betrayed me. I feel like I do everything right. I've done every diet I'm supposed to do and my stupid body just won't lose weight and all that kind of stuff. And you can get all of your anger out. And then you can take a deep breath and you can say, all right, what do you have to say for yourself? You know, and maybe your body will say something like, it's still here. And then you can go with an affirmation that says, you know, despite everything I've done to my body, it's still here. My body is still with me. My body is my partner, I guess. My, bo- my body's been with me since the, the day I was born. Yep. That, it's the only thing I can't really do without. All right. My body's going to be here until the day I die. All right. So from that, you could develop an affirmation that's like, my body is my partner in this life. Now, you might not like it right now. But it's true. My body, is, my body is my partner in this life. And with time and space, you know, it's kind of hard to hate a partner. And as I mentioned in earlier episodes, um, the, the most powerful thing you can do is that take a beat, take a breath thing. The second most powerful thing you can do is just stop the hate. Just stop the hate. You don't have to love your body, but just stop the hate. Stop the active hating, that active picking yourself apart in front of the mirror, that active pinching your roles, that active looking for something wrong with yourself. Stop all of that. 
And that will immediately bring you peace. And then, you know, my body is my partner. Hey, that's that's an affirmation. That, that's an affirmation right there. And so when you go into your tizzy about your body, you can come back and you can say, my body, m- my body is my partner, you know, and, and this works for everything. You know, it's like the, the people that um, are, are worried about money or whatever, and it's like, I'm trying to manifest the lottery or I'm trying to do whatever. You say something that is actually true. Your body is your partner in, in relationship. And then, you know, that idea about you, you take a moment in time and space and then you, you take your power you take your power where you can perceive the situation in different ways. And then you have all of these other opportunities, these other perspectives that you didn't know that you had before because of the initial default assumption that you made about a situation. But then you take your power and you take your beat and your breath. You take a step back. You take a step up. You look at the situation from every possible angle you could even possibly imagine. And you start to see all of this, all of this opportunity, all of these potential answers. And then you take that action with the one that is the highest and best for you. And then, you know, you have this moment where you don't like your body and you say, you know, my body is my partner. And you're looking at the situation from all different things. And it's like, well, I guess I want to make the best of things then, don't I? Okay, so my body is my partner in relationship. All right, so I want to make the best of things. So when you go into your tizzy, when you go into your tailspin, you take a breath. Okay, I want to make the best of things. Now that is actually using an affirmation. You are creating an affirmation to help you reconcile yourself, to help you bring yourself into a state of alignment regarding your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions. You are not using an affirmation to try to reprogram your subconscious to try to get you to believe something that you don't believe. That's trickery. That is deceit. And the highest and wisest part of yourself knows that. And that's why you reject that. All right. So affirmations are not magical, but they should also not be tricksters. They should not be deceptive. So you take this you take this affirmation and you create affirmations that are true for you and affirmations that that bring you a little bit of peace and affirmations that help you through a struggle, help you through a trying situation. And then with time, it helps you reconcile yourself and that reconciliation, that part where you're congruent with yourself, where you are in alignment with yourself, that is where the power lies. That is how you can completely transform your body and your life. So I think that's where I'm going to leave that for now, my friends. I have more notes, but I think they belong in a different different episode. Um, This is more just kind of circling back to that idea of creating reality, controlling reality. Um, Why do we want to control reality? How do we really create reality? And then a lot of that law of attraction stuff, there's a lot, a lot of spiritual truth within that. But it, like like, um, eating and exercising, it gets twisted into a diet and exercise model. All of the legitimate personal growth, spiritual help tools, they get twisted into a magical wish fulfillment to help you control reality. Um, And that's not going to work either. That's going to lead you down a road that you've been down before that I know, Neo, is not where you want to be. It's just a lot of pain and drama. And so 
the answer to both actually the food and the exercise piece and those affirmations and those spiritual principles piece is to be in be in happy calories world be in a relationship based model and and both of those other dysfunctions how you get into the pain and shame around that is because you are either coming at the diet and exercise model which ultimately is ineffective anyway because it teaches you to disconnect from your body, and the magical wish fulfillment perspective of law of attraction, which ultimately is ineffective and causes pain and shame anyway because it's teaching you to disconnect from the truth of who you are. It's trying to um, magically reprogram or magically trick you. Um, So both of those ultimately are going to be ineffective when instead you can use all of those skills and tools and bring them into the relationship-based model of happy calories where you embrace a model of alignment, you connect with your body, you enjoy your food, you exercise daily to connect with and tune your body, and you use all of that personal development work, all of those skills and all of those tools you have curated over the years to help you deal with life in such a way that life's challenges do not interfere with the relationship with your body. You do those five steps, you do them all the time, and watch how your life and your body transforms. So I will get off my soapbox for now, and I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care. Take care.